You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 65, Allowing Imperfection. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Hello, welcome. You can choose to spend time in so many ways and you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad for you. If you're in a challenging place right now, let me explain. I'm so glad you want more in your life, that you're open to learning, growing, shifting, celebrating, even celebrating the face plants. You know, each face plant, it's just an example of what didn't work. Now you know. This road, this journey that we're on, it can be noisy and lonely, and very few people travel it. Those that do are often tempted to turn around, go back to where it's safe, be like everyone else. But not you, not me. This podcast is a journey of what goes on in the mind of high achievers, overachievers, overthinkers, warriors. It's been my journey of figuring out why I was so deeply stuck and how to stop digging in farther. Of figuring out how I could be so smart and yet not have a clue. And it started with getting sick and tired of repeating, this can't be as good as it gets. This can't be what I've spent my life working for. It turns out the journey is really how to stop fighting with myself, with ourselves. How to stop believing everything our mind tells us. Recognizing the mistruths. I don't even know if that's a word, but it sounds good. And the lies. How to change beliefs and invite others in. Get this. How to let go how to forgive, mostly of myself for all the accumulated hurts and wounds, all the open sores. And then granting grace, that person in my mirror, maybe yours too, does so much better with grace. She was starving for it. And then sharing compassion, starting within, noticing the noise in my head, sometimes the screaming in my head. Have you ever walked up to somebody and emotionally just vomited? like all over, and then wonder where it came from? Yeah, headspace noise. Ultimately, this journey is about loving, genuinely seeing the good in others, the perfectly imperfect, and love anyways. An experience that love isn't something another person earns, it's something that we extend, offer, and reap all the benefits of. Kind of ironic, right? Our love of somebody else helps us to become a better person a more abundant person. That's what this journey's about. Can you see it's so much bigger than who we are? Powerful beyond belief and sometimes beyond words? Getting out of our own way takes life to such a higher level, a more fulfilling one, when we stop fighting in that big, beautiful head of ours. That headspace, it can be messy, filled with bullies who are named shame, regret, and fear and filled with habits to help us cope, ones that are supposed to protect us from pain, keep us safe. It turns out they just imprison us. 
clearing out that headspace, waking up to life, that's freedom and joy and amazement. Doubt, fear, uncertainty, and shame, those are my big four. I'm figuring out what they do, how they do it, and reducing their workload. No longer bringing out a coping mechanism to get by and tolerate their existence. In fact, I'm working on their unemployment. (laughs) Giving them notice. If this message and podcast resonates with you, helps you to see yourself more clearly and powerfully, you're in the right place. And I'd love your help to help grow us. There's two ways. One, write an iTunes review. Two, share with people you know. Let's normalize that smart people can be stuck in perfect, cluttered, and create amazing lives. There's so many of us who are quietly watching life go by, wondering if this is as good as it gets, if this is all there is. Let's help them find us. We really are stronger together. A long introduction to today's topic of allowing imperfection. Smile. Think about someone you admire professionally how they work, share their work, what they produce, who it's intended for, how it looks, the impact that it makes. Whether you know them personally or not, that's irrelevant. Answer these questions. Is their work easy to produce? What makes it that way? Are they perfect or do they seem like it? Is their work perfect? Honestly, how do you see them? Do they struggle? What makes them different? Like what do they have that you don't? Pause if you need to. Now let's move over to your work. Do you compare it with others? If so, how does it rate? Do you complete things perfectly? How do you see yourself? Your efforts? Your ability to create or complete work? These are important questions. They're clues to your mindset, to your belief system, to what goes on in your mind. That was three ways of saying exactly the same thing. Clues to your mindset, your belief system, what goes on in your mind, all the same. We all have an idea or an ideal on who embodies professional perfection. Allowing imperfection, though, is what we're talking about. If a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. That's a quote by Gilbert K. Chesterton. Sounds good, right? The quote. And yet, how many of us are really willing to do it? Willing to be a beginner? I'm 48. I meet very few people that want to learn something new. It's fascinating. We're going to break this down into what blocks the process, what doesn't allow imperfection, and we're going to call them enemies just to make it a little dramatic. Here's enemy number one, comparison. Brene Brown calls it compare and despair. Overachievers, overthinkers, comparison is the first way we defeat ourselves, many times without even knowing it. In the questions above, the person that we admire professionally, like how do you match up? Do you see their work as effortless, perfect, they don't struggle? You know, when we see that in others, It's easy for us to start, quit, or not start. It's an enemy because we've judged ourselves and our work in advance and we're already not good enough. You know what else our mind just did? It sold us that others are perfect, that perfection is possible, 
that other people have no problems. It's like our mind airbrushed a lot of qualities onto someone and then sold us on that it's real and true. There are many physicians who are life coaches, and comparison ensures that I lose every time. It's a cruel loss too. My mind goes into shaming for what I'm not. I'm not funny, connected, farther ahead, wealthy. I could keep going because the list just flows and it's rather amusing. Like really, wealthy? Come on. (laughs) The comparison reaches a very primitive part of my brain that is so easily threatened and automatically defensive. Like all of a sudden I'm the grade school girl waiting to be picked for the team. Last. Notice this is all occurring in my mind. It is completely self-imposed. With comparison, I forget about who or what I am and what I can offer. And the work, the work that I'm intended to do, it gets lost or forgotten about. Comparison stops us in our tracks and reminds us of all the hurts and wounds and how to stay safe and comfortable. Except we're creating our own misery, both by its presence and our reaction to it. There are few things in life that are absolutely essential. Breathing, drinking water, consistent nutrition. Note the list does not include comparison. Our mind, though, automatically brings it up. We take notice, even hold on tight that it must be real and true. But it's really poison. It's noxious. So why don't we start or continue? Comparison. Stirs up our emotions, sets out our defenses. Here's what allowing imperfect looks like, granting grace and reassurance that we only need to be ourselves, remembering that this is part of our humanity, this is what our brain does, intrinsically we don't have to listen or follow, and reassurance that we're exactly in the right place at the right time. Indulging in comparison, here's what we get from it. We lose time, energy, relationships, creativity. We miss out on the experience of what we can do, who we can become, the effects of our work on others regardless of our profession. It also leads to feeling sorry for ourselves, and it's self-imposed. We may not choose when it comes up. That's part of some default brain wiring, but we can always choose how much of our time and attention it receives, and we can cut both of those off. Smile. Enemy number two, internal standards. This is a wiring issue among many smart people. We intellectually understand patterns or standards or ratings. We have the ability to learn usually quickly and have great awareness of what's best and set that as the expectation of where we should be right now. I want to learn to play the cello like Yo-Yo Ma in six months. I want to speak Portuguese fluently. Next month is fine. Couch to marathon, three months, no problem. Our mind creates something impossible, sells it to us as achievable and really no big deal. Never cooked before, of course, a five-course meal on Friday. Build a backyard garden, of course, it should look like the coastal Maine botanical garden, the first season. If you haven't been there, consider going. It is so beautiful. It's in Booth Bay, Maine. I live in Texas. Of course, it's possible to have a Maine garden. (laughs) The internal standards, they can really be quite amusing. Here's what it looks like after sorting through it. Having a baby and then expecting by age three they have a perfect SAT score. That sounds ridiculous, right? Notice where your mind takes you. 
the implied standard when you're working on something or considering something new. What do you expect? Would you expect this level of performance from your favorite person? Let me just answer that for you. No. You wouldn't put that much pressure on anyone else. Yet, where does your mind take you? Impossible implied standards, they do two things. One, keep us from starting. We don't know how, we've never done it before, there's no margin for error or imperfection. And two, allow quitting to be an option. It sounds so believable, I'm just not good at it. It's not one of my strengths. Mm, I didn't want it that bad, it's not for me. Those sound good, right? That's quitting. But it's quitting because of that impossible standard. Not because we really aren't good at something. We have no idea. We have no idea if it's a strength. We have no idea how bad we want it. Or what one year, five years, or ten years is going to lead to. So notice what occurs for you. When you're asked to do something new. When you start something. Or offer to do something. How detailed or complicated does your mind automatically make it? Important to know. See where this enemy is coming up for you. Moving on, enemy number three, judgment. Over the past week, I've been working on an article to submit for an online publication. Here's the implied internal standard. The first draft, perfect, impactful. So impactful that the reader's life will never be the same. Let me tell you, I am a writing beginner. I chose math and science intentionally because writing was nebulous and complicated and I felt terrible doing it. I've repeated to myself thousands of times, I'm not a writer. So how do I choose to spend my time not writing? Can you feel the judgment? Starting from a place of I'm not a writer, if I'm able to overcome that and get started, at some point the writing becomes nebulous, complicated, and here's what my mind repeats, this is why I'm not a writer. So what do you think follows? Quitting. Kind of a no-duh, right? Judgment integrates or tries to integrate into every part of our work. It fuels comparison. It amplifies creating the impossible standards. To start anything, we have to overcome the labels that we've applied through our whole lives. The labels of what we're not. I'm not a writer. I'm not an athlete. I'm not thin. I'm not successful. I'm not wealthy. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Remember, I'm supposed to be that by comparison. Here's one that hurts when I hear it. I'm not smart. Side note, stop telling yourself that lie. I don't care at all what your grades were, how much schooling you did or did not achieve, what your standardized test scores were. None of that matters. You will never tap into how smart you are when you keep telling yourself that you're not. And I promise you, there is so much smart within you. Back to our story. To allow the words to actually flow out for the article, I have to hold back the judgment for their quality. Once it takes form, the judgment waits to tear it apart. And then comes the judgment about allowing others to see it. A high achiever and underachiever, they're the same person. One figured out how to neutralize the judgment and the other believed it. That's the difference between success and failure, between doing and quitting, and the same person can be either, and has been both in the past. I seriously had no idea why I would give up. I labeled myself as weak, or just not a good writer, not meant to do the work, it's not me. The work never had a chance. 
It was labeled and criticized and never made it out into the world. And you know what happened? Those labels that I applied, they stuck around and grew stronger. I kept believing them, reinforcing them, and limited a whole lot of life because of it. Even shamed myself with the title of underachiever from the host of things that I never accomplished or quit. Pause. How about you? Where is comparison showing up? When you get started with something new, what standard does your mind create? How does judgment both show up and stick around? Amazing what our minds do, right? How they take us on these adventures and create our reality, but really create the reality we don't want. Finally, enemy number four, withholding permission. Remember watching a baby stand up for the first time or take their first steps? A brand new beginning and their whole world is changing at that moment. The precious beginner mindset that we have for them. Of course they're going to fall. Of course they don't know how to do it. Of course it's uncomfortable and they have more to learn. Does that sound like permission? Like allowing imperfection? You know we're supposed to be imperfect. It's supposed to take longer than we anticipate. It's supposed to cost more. We aren't supposed to know or have or be yet. There's all kinds of permission available to do, be, explore, take notice, not control the outcome. Going back to the writing example, did I give myself permission to be a beginner? No, that wasn't the standard set. I was critical of each sentence rather than embracing that it was supposed to be awkward and clunky. And my mind was filled with trauma rather than reassurance that I was exactly where I needed to be. Hmm. Smile. My favorite thing to do in hospital medicine, it's admissions. Meet a patient in the ER, collect a bunch of information, their story, the ER doc's story, the labs, studies, my exam, evaluating anything that's been done and how effective it was. And then I put all that in my head and create something from it. Create an assessment and a plan to move forward. Starting with a basic problem list, create the orders, and then dictating helps to review and summarize everything. In this process, there's no controlling how it has to be or look. This is just being created. And there's no judgment, especially important when I'm tired. No judgment is tolerated. I have a picture of the ideal outcome, what we're working towards, how effective I think our tools will be. And that gets us to a good enough place to get started. And it's fun. See? Hospital admissions are fun. (laughs) Here was my writing process. And I keep going back to this example because it has such clarity for this topic. Stuck in my head. It has to be perfect. I'm not a writer. This is awkward. Nothing flows. People are going to laugh. I'm the same person doing the hospital admission as I am as the writer. Same Dina. And what a difference applying to hospital medicine versus applying to writing an article. My experience with being a beginner filled with resistance and judgment, even disdain for writing because it's tough versus something that I'm experienced in, label as fun, want to do. It's relaxed. There's lots of space for the creative process and open to the experience. 
Can you see how the high achiever starts to see themselves as a failure or weak or an underachiever? We do this to ourselves. Our minds have amazing capacity and ability and can do so much and defeat us in an instance through little seeds of doubt, like comparison, judgment, not realizing that we need a lot of permission. It's a little amusing, right? Starting something new requires an abundance of permission, allowing, accepting whatever happens, not being tied to the outcome. And that requires intention, talking to ourselves the way that we would talk to that baby who's standing for the first time, who's taking their first steps, granting permission in advance, giving grace before, during, after, and lots of encouragement and excitement for the little victories. All things we must give ourselves. We do so much better with permission. Before starting your next thing, whatever it is, try this question on. What does giving myself permission here look like? List out three things. What can you allow? Is it being uncomfortable? Is it not criticizing? You can put anything you want. So those are the four enemies to allowing imperfection. Comparison, internal standards, judgment, and withholding permission. And here are the simple antidotes. We'll call these your friends. Number one, have no tolerance for comparison. It's unnecessary and will hold you back. Number two, notice the stated or unstated standard that your mind automatically creates. It's going to be either impossible or nearly impossible. So intentionally create a new one. Number three, judgment will be with you all along the way. Stop listening. It's not any more true than kindness and generosity. So choose that instead. Number four, write yourself a permission slip. Put it in a place that you are going to see multiple times per day as a reminder. It's seriously that easy and complex. And this part is worth repeating. The high achiever and the underachiever are the same person. The one who wins and the one who quits are the same person. It only takes some tools for understanding how your mind works and interrupting the processes that are ineffective. That's how you be more in life and do less, by recognizing the enemies and neutralizing them. And that frees up a whole lot of headspace for you to create a phenomenal life. High five, all my best. Thank you again for being here and I'll see you next time. Ciao. Ready to stop overworking, overthinking, and start creating a phenomenal life? I'd love to work with you. Sign up for a discovery call at dinagegeorgemdcoaching.com. You can find it on the work with me page.